0: Hello, good afternoon, good evening, welcome aboard this Everything F1 podcast number 5 and we're going to be talking about the Spa Grand Prix. Now of course you can't mention the Spa Grand Prix without unfortunately having to talk about some some bad news that happened over the weekend. Um, us at Everything F1 would just want to send out our heartfelt condolences to the family of Antoine Hubert um, obviously who died in a tragic accident in the F2 uh race on Saturday so uh, heartfelt condolences obviously out to the family and we are all shocked and saddened at what happened at the weekend uh, as of course probably every single one of you out there so we just want to kind of touch on that now early on Uh, and out of respect for Antoine Hubert we are going to keep our race review short uh, and then we'll focus on the questions from our fans um, and see how that goes for this week's podcast. So, Sponge, how's your week been?
1: Uh, other than the obvious, it's been great, thank you. Um, started a new racing series on Saturday night on Assetto Corsa on my computer, and mm-hmm. yeah, just been having a quiet one
0: otherwise. Brilliant.
1: Keeps.
2: Yeah, pretty quiet this week. Working away uh, over the kind of summer break, just keeping my head down. The only positive, I think that I've had in terms of Formula One is I've managed to win a race with McLaren uh so in my first season. So that's that's went down well for the powers that be hopefully I'll be there next next season. Uh, your
1: knighthood is in the post. Yeah, <laughs> I've had I've
2: had a first, a second, and a few fifths and sixths. Uh, wow. But yeah, everything was going alright until Saturday. Kinda took the wind out of sails, I think. So yeah. What, what about yourself, Tilly?
0: Uh, normal things. Uh, kids obviously still off, so we went away to to Cambus Sands just for a few days and did several things out and about with them. So yeah, just just having a bit of fun. They go back to school now, so it's uh, it, it's back to kind of the normal daily routine. And obviously, yeah, Saturday and Sunday was the race weekend for for me, which I I usually enjoy watching. But unfortunately, due to um, what happened, obviously it did change my mood um, whilst watching the race
1: I think we all reflect that sentiment as well mate to be fair no yeah way. absolutely yeah.
0: okay well let's head into the race review how did we feel the race went to this, this weekend Did you uh, were you impressed with the race, were you excited uh, about any part of it, did anything tickle you pickle?
1: I think the whole thing just kind of passed me by in the end I mm. watched a little bit of practice on Friday night when we come home from work um didn't watch qualifying until late on Saturday night.
2: Mm.
1: For I mean, I was at the football um, all day. Then came back to the news of what happened, and I didn't really want to watch anything at that point. But obviously, I, I didn't know who was on pole. Didn't didn't know what had happened in the Formula mm. One. So, kind of watched it. Um, but yeah, it was. It, I think just the race. I, I was a bit zoned out at the whole thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. didn't really think it was a great race maybe i missed a lot maybe uh let a lot kind of pass me by but yeah
0: yeah though i mean there were a few a few glimpses of uh, some good some good racing um you know it's quite at, at the end you were questioning whether hamilton could catch up with leclerc so that was always uh, you know that, that brought a bit of excitement to what could have been you know complete kind of blackout of uh, of this, this race kind of kind of brushing it to the side and calling it as France number two. Um but uh
1: yeah. you said France
2: <laughs> <gasps> that's, a, that's a pound in the French jar.
1: No oh. we can actually go to the French Grand Prix. We've actually saved that much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know I know I'm struggling to sleep right now but I really don't need that intervention
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the race race coops?
2: Uh, other than the return of Crash Stappen. Uh it was uh it wasn't too bad. Uh it, it was a weird race, other than the emotional kinda side of it where I was just watching it to hope that all twenty drivers returned safely. Uh Yeah. It, yeah we had the the first lap incident, we had the safety car, we lost one of the McLaren's. Mm. Uh and then it kind of settled into its own wee kind of thing. There was a wee bit of tussling and stuff. But again, I don't know. I think I have to kind of uh, agree with Sponge in a way. I, I just couldn't get myself as invested in it. Mm. Uh, the only part I felt a bit nervous for and a bit excited was when you could see that Hamilton was bearing down on Leclerc. And I'm like, please don't pass him. Please don't pass him. Mm. Uh, And I'm not. A, we all a, a wanted big, Leclerc to win, didn't yeah, we?
0: Exactly. Yeah, from from because we, we knew that that would be kind of a poetic, kind of justice for kind of Antoine Hubert, really. It's um, so so somebody who's who is racing with his whole life, um, and they they grew up together. They stayed in hotel rooms together, doing championships together. So it was, it was you know, it, it was something that everybody wanted. It would oh, it, it, it was yeah. kind of poetic, albeit albeit completely sad and and kind of a block a block you know, on, on, not a blotch, um, a kind of a, a mark on uh, mm-hmm. Charles's yeah. win, really, because he probably would have it's... wanted his first win under different circumstances. I mean, um, it's
2: one of those ones that you want someone like Charles to be happy that he's won his first race. He's mm-hmm. going to look in the record books and remember his first win is the weekend that his pal died, that he's running his good mates died. It's... Yeah. Uh, It'll be bittersweet
1: for him, him, won't it? at the the very least, you know. I mean, like you've just said, uh, Coops. When he looks back at it, it will be like you know that was. But then on the other hand, it'll be like you know I I did it for him on that weekend. Yeah, yeah. I made sure that I crossed that line first, and that Uh was that's probably the best um, send off that you could give him. Really, isn't
0: it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, absolutely. uh, if they manage to win in Monza this weekend coming, I mean, that would be, uh, sort of for Charles to do it, to win a second race straight after, I think there would be a lot of release of emotion that weekend, if he was able yeah, to yeah. do it, and I think there's a very good chance for Ferrari in Monza.
0: Of course there is, yeah, it's, a, it's another high-speed track, uh, it's it, it certainly... Certainly, one that's going to be a close one. But we all can we can never rule out Hamilton at, at Monza either. He's it's one of the ones he's quite strong at. I think he's won that five times himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good it's a good one for Hamilton. Um, but obviously, with the with the, the the straight line speed of that Ferrari, um, I think they go in as favourites for the weekend.
1: Also, the other thing as well was the. Question over reliability on this new engine that Mercedes
2: have brought forward, and you know, do they yeah. go back to their last one or do they go further? No, they... Was there the issues over three different cars you
0: had? Yeah, yeah, uh, and they've been working on that over the summer break as well. So, the, yeah. the you know, um, Mercedes uh, auto trains, whatever the, the company's called that, that works on the engines, they're they um, not part of the shutdown, they can work through, and they did so. Mm. Uh, and the upgrade that they brought and seems to uh, not not necessarily be as reliable as they hoped it would be
2: yeah yeah i mean hamilton had issues in practice with power didn't seem to overly affect him. you had Mm. kubitz's car doing the hits impression of a 1990s formula one car in (laughs) the plumes (laughs) of smoke god how i've missed those they were great (laughs) Uh, you saw a tiny wee bit of blue smoke and then the next thing it was like something from stars
1: Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be a GP2 engine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a GP2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then, who else was there? Was it not? Did Perez's car not go on fire as well? Was that not an engine issue? Uh, uh, like
0: yeah, it might have been.
2: Free practice three. So, you know, it's just. They've got some reliability issues. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I've got. I've got to make a a point as well, just to say, absolute hats off to Mercedes for that Williams blow up on Kubitz. Was it Kubitz's car? Yes. Hats off. Yeah, that's the, that is that's what he's best, talking about. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. That was the <laughs> best. No, I'm just saying, hats <laughs> off to Mercedes because that was the best blow up I have seen <laughs> in decades. That was like well, a 1991. Hockenheim yep. uh, Ring special that was. Yep. Mm. That
2: the classic. It's a, a good old classic one. And do you know what? I think Total Wolff gave Claire Williams a wee phone. Like we'll get we need an <laughs> extra five minutes. Claire's like, not a problem.
0: <laughs> 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 he bits it out okay, uh, Yeah. So yeah cuz uh, we 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 could talk about Hamilton this weekend. He he um he, he didn't have a great time in practice, did he? No yeah. he uh, in free practice three, just before qualifying, he decided to stick it in the wall, which is un- very uncharacteristic of uh, of the four-time world champion. But, he did five five-time, uh, <laughs> five, five I've forgotten one, five-time world champion. But it's uh, proved that he he did it. Yeah, he, 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 he's not he's human. Can but get it wrong. at least he did it yep. in free practice and not, you know. One of the most important parts, which are qualifying and the race. So he's got his consistency still to finish and um, whatever. You... Well,
1: he did uh, have consistency, even even on the second step of the podium. He had the consistency to say the fans are brilliant.
2: Oh, when, <laughs> do
1: they know? when do they know? are they not? When are they not? Next weekend, the best fans ever. Do you
2: think he will see these fans in the th- next weekend and wonder if they're the best fans in the world just to
1: wind yeah. them up? <laughs> I, th- I think I think they <laughs> might uh, they might put something in the contract that says he can't do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a point though um, uh, uh, about obviously after the death of Antoine Hubert, Sorry to keep going back to it. Um, yeah. You know he he, he made a, a statement on Instagram uh, about you know. Every time a driver goes out, he's putting their, his like their life on the line uh, for your entertainment, really. So cheering somebody who goes into the wall is is really in bad taste, and I, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah. We we all like to see a bit of kind of cars going sideways, but I, I don't think we, we want any any serious um, you know damage to happen to anybody. You know, we as as a community, we we certainly all pull together and it was proven at the weekend what, what the community of, of motorsport does when things do go wrong unfortunately
1: yeah, yep,
0: we all agree mm. <laughs> yeah, sure. there's
2: yeah. nothing more you can say about it but I mean I've got the quote here so if a single one of you watching and enjoying this sport think for a second what we do is safe you're hugely mistaken all these drivers put their life on the line when they hit the track and people need to appreciate that that, that In a serious way because it is not appreciated enough. Not from one fan nor some of the people actually working in the sport. Antoine is a hero and as far as I am concerned for taking the risk he did to chase his dreams. I am so sad that this has happened. Let's lift him up and remember him. Rest
0: in peace brother. That's perfect that is isn't it?
2: You couldn't put it any better. No. Again it brings you back to the whole why is Hamilton so vilified within formula one at times it annoys me Mm.
1: i've Uh, said it before though i think we've all said it before i I think he's massively misunderstood because i think it comes down to the fact that he i think he's quite a introvert is it an introvert or insecure
0: Um, maybe insecure as well
1: maybe He's, he's, he's quite introverted. He's so like it's,
2: he just—he doesn't—he keeps himself to himself uh, yeah, in a in it, a way. Exactly. You don't really know he's—you don't know who, if he's dating a girl. You don't know what he wants to do when he—you know. Yeah. He's got a—he's got a, a personal life, but he's also got an image, and I think people mm. don't like the image to a degree.
0: Yeah, it, it's all the it's all the stardom stuff that he seeks that people. Uh, don't appreciate, yeah. um, you know, flying off into with his own private jet. That bright, although he hasn't got that anymore. But when he did have that private jet, um, you know, g- trying to go on dates with Rihanna and you know, p- pussy dolls and all these famous people, which is just unheard of historically, really, within mm. F- the F1 paddock. So it is slightly different, and it, people don't like different. People don't like uh, people to rock the boat. Um, mm. But all I think of of him is he, he's trying to do. Something different as a Formula One driver, he's uh, he's doing like the American sports stars do, and making himself a brand, which is it's just as saying not not been done before in F one, and and yeah. people don't people don't like difference and change, and you know they they're like oh well that's not the way we're used to it over the sixty years seventy years or you know whatever that, that Formula One's been going on, um, mm-hmm. so different is bad, you know, so. Should we talk about the race from what we remember? So, yeah. at the corner, at the first corner um, after the race start, Max Verstappen decided to shoot up. Well, shoot, shoot off the track um, at the corner, uh, come up the side of Kimi Raikkonen, and it was completely Kimi. Uh, Kimi, Kimi's, Kimi was completely innocent in this situation um, because obviously, how was he to know that where Verstappen was at that point, at, at that time? It was kind of Verstappen being. Old Verstappen, Crash Steppen, as he was christened for the first couple of years of his racing career. Uh, Have you got anything to add about that, boys? Um, I just kind of saw a glimpse of the
1: old Max. Mm. I think Coops has kind of touched on that while we were talking before as well. The one thing that I didn't like was the way that he got on the radio after.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it, the, the, it's kind of like the automatic setting, isn't it? You know, oh, shit, yeah. s- something's happened. Let, let's get on, on the radio as, as soon as possible to try and get some kind of penalty yeah, for but then, the other driver. but then,
1: then blame Kimi for what he's done. You know, it's like... You could tell in his voice he knew that he was in the wrong, but he still went down the line of, oh, my God, what is he doing kind of thing? Mm. Where, where does he expect me to go? So, like, well, I'm sorry, Max, Stain- but... Uh,
2: to put the devil's advocate in there and get kind of back Verstappen though, no. he did instantly as you guys say, it seems to be the, the, the kind of go-to thing when something happens, but in the pen when he was talking to the media afterwards, he did kind of uh-huh. say that was my fault, I shouldn't have put it there, he wouldn't have seen me kind of thing, so you know, yeah, because he, he'd gone good. out and watched,
0: watched it on TV, probably he's thought um, I really did, thought. Mm,
2: maybe not uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean he's came out and Verstappen from a few years ago, even if it was his fault, would have argued to his blue in the face. It wasn't his fault, mm. you know. Yeah. So,
0: what was that? What was that quote you saw online? um Sponge, you saw something earlier from that was mentioned on the BBC website. Max Proving. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody,
1: oh, what was it? Now? It's, um Max proving, proving that you can't, proving the, you can't win the win race the race, race at the
0: first corner, That's it, um, but, but you can, can lose it. it. That's it. Yeah, great quote, and it yeah, absolutely. Hits the nail on the head, really. Uh, so I still think he needs to kind of learn a bit of restraint. He's trying to be this exciting racer racer all the time. And, you know, you, you can't win championships that way. You do have to kind of take the boring way sometimes, uh, and the sensible way uh, to, to get to where you need to go.
1: Could you not blame Red Bull for that party, though? Given the yeah. fact that they are so... Uh,
0: demanding on what their drivers do. It's quite a culture, isn't it, within the team?
1: Yeah, but this—I mean, the, you know—again, sorry to go back to the issue that happened on the weekend. I mean, I was talking to the guy at work earlier about uh, the whole setup of Formula One right now and the way yeah. that GP3 feeds to GP2 and then GP2 feeds to Formula One. Yeah, and it is everything in them lower formulas is. Absolute do or die on every single corner. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, it's like they have to do. They have to. You know, the guy in front has to defend at all costs. The guy behind has to attack at all costs. Mm-hmm. It's like no, guys, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to be so desperate. Aggressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does it does border on desperation, doesn't it? A lot of the time, when you watch, especially you know, GP two guys. You mm. watch some of the races. Have we have we been through a race in a season for the last three or four seasons that hasn't had at least one accident? I don't think we have. No. You
0: know, but I think I
2: think uh, though when it comes to the, the the lower formula, the setup of the lower formula is slightly different. Whereas you've got the sprint race, you've got a very short window to get from where you are in the grid up. So in a way, it's designed to to keep close racing. Uh, hmm. so there is going to be in the, the other part of it as well they're inexperienced the cars aren't yeah. as powerful obviously but they're still no they're still rookies so yeah.
0: i mean there's that balancing act yeah but, but they come in from from that kind of setup where they are fighting for every corner they are kind of being really aggressive really desperate as you say uh, and then they they come into to formula one and and, and they've they've got into such a bad habit that they they find it very difficult to kind of break that habit as early on in their careers um there's not many people that have come out with the full the full package straight away uh, of gp2 um Mm. i hate to say it but you know the last person was probably hamilton that that was as mature as he was even he still wasn't the perfect package but he was certainly Mm. you know halfway there Compared to some of the younger ones coming through nowadays, as think, you said think, uh, before, the, the the PlayStation generation, yeah, um, I think has an aspect of truth to it.
1: I think what, what what I'm trying to get at though is that in Formula One, Formula One is supposed to set a standard and an example for mm. not just GP two and three, uh, sorry F two and F three. I keep getting them wrong, don't I? Uh, <laughs> but really, racing as a whole. F1 is widely considered to be the best racers, the best drivers in the world. It Mm. is the pinnacle, it is the very pinnacle of motor racing. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at a team like Red Bull, yeah, that -hmm. basically says to Pierre Gasly and Daniel Kvyat before him, you're not good enough, even though we've promoted you when you were a kid. Yeah. We we don't think that you're good enough anymore. You haven't done enough to impress us. You know, Gasly kept his car on the track. Yeah. That's... You know, when you've got your Maldonados in the world and people like that, <laughs> keeping your keeping your car on the track... Is
0: How dare you! <laughs> Maldonado's my favourite driver! Yeah.
2: Well, the, the only vehicle. reason I start laughing when I hear his name is because... <laughs> Uh, he won a race. Yeah, what? he did. He's the last what? person to win a race for
1: Williams. <laughs> oh, well, like, yeah Well, look at that. It probably it's like cost the city winning <laughs> the Premier League. That he's is, doing, he. <laughs> <laughs> he probably, he probably <laughs> cost.
2: He probably cost Williams a bu- like their annual budget on spare parts for most of that, rate, that year. But still, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, his his spare parts bill was was through the roof. He's almost as high as Grosjean's this year. (laughs) Or (laughs) previous year, sorry for that. Well, to be fair,
2: Maldonado has never spun it in the pit lane. (laughs) Or blamed
0: Ericsson for anything he's done. (laughs) Even when he wasn't there.
1: Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) sure it was Ericsson. (laughs) Although, Um, in
1: fairness, he was in the pit lane this weekend, wasn't he? He
0: was, yeah, he was. He he had to come over for uh, the potential... Uh, loss of actually the person, one of the people we're talking about in the first corner, um, and you could tell you know, as well, Incident, Kimi Raikkonen.
1: Roman was—he was proper flustered when he came on that radio, really, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> Maybe he'd seen he, him in the, in the he, crowd. Exactly. <laughs> he was wearing a scary mask, or something. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so we all agree that Verstappen just too aggressive to taking chances that you know not and putting his car in a completely wrong place and he's admitted it himself. Yeah, so the first, first 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 kind of corner incident was completely his fault. Yeah, uh, nice a kind of <laughs> start from the pit
1: lane everyone.
0: <laughs> 12 points on his super license.
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah. the
0: rest. <laughs> 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 and Can then we had a fan? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had a bit of a to and fro from Hamilton, Hamilton got past uh, Sebastian Vettel um, who bogged down a little bit off the start, uh, we got uh, a, a little bit of a drive away from, from Hamilton and then obviously the power of that Ferrari engine kind of catapulted Vettel and some good racing, I'm not going to say put it, put it past him, Vettel you know, did turned him very well um, uh, t- t- took over him overtook him. Sorry, I can't my words out. Overtook him very well, and uh, you know, after the, the third corner, he was back, um, back to to where he should have been, yeah, from, this, from the get go, really. Um, and and then we we all agree that it kind of settled into just a bit of a, a few, kind of a bit of pacing around, wasn't it? Was, was there anything exciting that you you remember from the first, from the early portion of the the race, uh, Sponge? Not really, no. No, keeps No, it, it seemed to settle down quite
2: quick after the yeah. safety car went out.
1: I mean, again, it was a, it was the same thing, wasn't it? There was a lot of overtaking, but it was all DRS at the up. You know, it was, uh-huh. that just bores me. It really does.
0: It'll be going soon. It'll be going soon. Oh, we Hopefully. don't know. That's never been mentioned well in the rules whether it will go or not. Mm. They've got to get rid of it. They can't do all this ground effect stuff and not get rid of it. That'll it really depends if the wing. new rea-
2: it depends if the new wings will even make, even allow it to happen because they're mm. changing the profile of the rear wing. Will it even be able to be mechanically fit onto the rear wing? It might just mm. have to go because of that anyway. But it's never been confirmed. Which is something I have actually just realised. It's never been mentioned whether whether DRS would definitely be going or not. It's, n- it's kind of just not been discussed. And maybe maybe it's just I'm missing it. It's the assumption that it won't be there.
0: I, th- I think I think there is an assumption that it's not going to be there, um, because it's not needed, with the fact that the cars can follow, uh, you know, the, with only up, up to ten percent loss of aerodynamic um, uh, ability when when following a car, the car in front. So it's that's now, that's such, no such it's
2: Something what fifty percent or something?
0: It's fifty or sixty percent. It's high. Yeah, it's it's yeah. there's there's a massive. Massive deficit for the for the for the following following driver.
1: Yeah.
0: Then we had some pit stops then uh, in the race, uh, and came out. It was obviously Vettel was in in front again, um, but he didn't have the speed. Uh, no, uh, no. Vettel Vettel came out in front, ended up in front of Leclerc, um, yeah. and Leclerc came up behind him. And there, he got team orders. He got ordered by the Ferrari team to. Uh, it was a Charles is faster than you. Yep. Uh, incident and obviously... oh, none of this multi twenty one crap, is there? Multi twenty one, Seb. Multi twenty no. one. He knew. He knew what he had to do today, and he he played no. ball. No. Uh, he he he. duly moved to the side. Although, actually, I I think I, I do think Charles. Charles, if. Uh, given left to his own devices would have passed him anyway probably a couple of corners for later on in that lap because he was I don't think Vettel so, had
2: the pace did he he ended up no, fourth he didn't
0: no he, 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 he didn't exactly so yeah so
1: I have a question for you both mm-hmm. okay. with the Italian Grand Prix coming up this weekend okay yeah what happened on Sunday do you think that that is a sea change in the way yeah. that Ferrari are now approaching that too because Leclerc technically is still well, he's not technically. He is still twelve points behind Vettel in the championship. However, he now has a win under his belt. And yeah. Also, the the uh, attitude towards Vettel in Italy has changed massively. He's yeah. he you know he's got a lot of negative press over there, mm-hmm. and Leclerc is like you know the 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 new kind of poster boy over there, if you like. I I. I genuinely think that any any uh future calls will probably go to clerks way as well.
0: I think at the at the moment maybe they might be a bit more fair but I don't think it will take too many more uh, race wins or or certainly uh, Leclerc um finishing ahead of Vettel before they kind of say actually he is our number one driver, uh yeah. Seb, support him as much as you can. Uh, move move over all the time. Yeah. He's um, the future
2: of the He's the future of the team, isn't clear.
0: Yeah. Veto
2: is. Vettel is not the golden boy in Ferrari anymore. He's not the guy who's gonna win no. the championship for them. Mm-hmm. Well Claire could be, if Ferrari can ride right the ship. Uh yeah. and yes, listeners I said ship. Uh <laughs> Damn Scottish
0: accent. (laughs) 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 And and can I please also add to this, add to this on our podcast number two, I think we had a question that somebody said, do you think Ferrari will win at any point this year? And I said, yes, absolutely. And I think it will be Leclerc that does it. And I even think Vettel will. So half of my prediction has come true. And both of you, both of you said no, it wouldn't happen. So, I am on track to right, be...
2: Right, Can correct. I put in a Can I put in a wee... Can I put in <laughs> a that m- ladies and gentlemen... I don't remember trans- saying that, that they weren't... That they weren't <laughs> ever going to get a one. Now, I'm going to put a wee objection in the record here. <laughs> in I fairness, I,
1: I, I will stick both of my hands up now and say that I did. However, ladies and gentlemen... What Tilly <laughs> is basically trying to say when we convert that into English is a town you so." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm that petty.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, lucky, you're lucky it's a podcast
0: because you can't see what, what I'm doing with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're um, you're doing this podcast naked, aren't you? Uh, after oh, yes, your uh, yes, mistake I that am you me. made. Yep. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> After the mistake you made on the page. Wait, what? <laughs> oh yes, that yes, that was my fault. Yes, I uh, I I don't know if Sponge, if you noticed this, but a while back someone who I ever get a hold of is getting a swift kick to the giblets because he changed his uh, Twitter handle and everything to look like the Formula One Twitter page and put out a thing saying that Ocon was signing for
0: Mercedes. Now.
2: I jumped uh, on it. The... Coop,
0: Coops being Coops didn't check his sources and just posted it straight onto the everything gave one page. Yes,
2: unfortunately, <laughs> my my sources were a bit like the the HP sauce. They were a bit brown. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, quite quickly, about seventy minutes later, I'm like, uh, I better check this. Nobody else had tweeted it. <laughs> when I realised that none of my other legitimate uh, Formula One journalists that I've got on uh, on uh, on Twitter that my phone shouts at when they tweet I'd put anything up. I went back and then kind of had to kind of crawl under a store and apologize.
0: Uh, so yes, it was yeah, a double yeah. So, so yes, do. so his his penalty for, uh, <laughs> for for saying such such baseless uh, lies, he is he's, he's had to do this this podcast absolutely naked. So that's something something for you to enjoy, uh, crowd. <laughs> I will
1: just clarify that I had nothing to do with any of this whatsoever. Well,
0: I just—I I personally wrote the groveling apology. I thought it was my my place. <laughs> <laughs> I hired this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good job, you're not Red Bull. I tell you what, Jamie, if you were Red Bull, oh, you'd
2: be I, oh, you oh know, out. I'm keeping Guzly. I'm, I'm total Russell. That's for sure. Uh, I'm sitting. I'm sitting next to Hartley, talking about my uh, my experience in endurance racing and how valuable it is for podcasting.
0: Uh, but anyway, uh, so back to the race. Uh, so yeah, Leclerc Leclerc overtook. Well, was was given the given the uh, kind of orders to to overtake Seb, which uh, Seb pulled to to the side, which is you know what he did, uh, and then. We had Hamilton chasing up uh, behind um, and catching up at at a rate of knots. Do you think he should have pitted a couple of laps earlier? Maybe giving him a bit bit of extra time? What's uh, Lewis Hamilton I'm talking about? No. No? Don't think he'd he'd, he'd have... No. Okay. (laughs) I I, I, I don't
1: think that that race would have gone any other way, to be perfectly honest with you. I I think... I genuinely think that Leclerc had that covered.
0: Yeah,
2: Ferraris are too fast. Yeah, the Monza and Ferraris. Spa are the no, no, true. Monza and Spa is the tracks that Ferrari love because they've got a they've got a low downforce setup for their car, generally, and the uh, which allows that which is the the Ferrari which the Ferrari engine which is arguably the most powerful. Right, on the, on the, on the, the grid uh, to do what it needed to do so uh, no there was nothing that could have been done uh, to yeah. to to stop the ferraris i was a bit surprised that it wasn't a one-two for ferrari yeah. uh, going by how it seemed to be going in practice and how it went their long run well, pace
0: but, wasn't as good as their as their qualifying pace uh, again, mercedes I, still had
2: yeah, again, it could also be the tires. The Pirelli tires just have such a small operating window. Uh, yeah. So, and and uh, I but think also team... if,
0: yep. The the Mercedes the Mercedes team also took a bit longer in the pit for when changing Hamilton. That was one second. You know, it was a three point five uh, second pit stop rather than a, a two point five. That could have, you know, arguably been a bit of the difference. Yeah, possibly. Well,
2: yeah, yeah, possibly could have been. Yeah. Putting a it?
0: bit closer towards the end. I know mm. we're clutching at straws there, but yeah, I, we, we, I think everyone's happy that Leclerc win anyway. Leclerc oh, yeah. won anyway. No one would have, no one would have argued with with you had you mentioned that before the race that that was going to happen. Yes. Uh, so, a, 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 a worthy winner, absolutely, um, and a kind of slight, kind of poetic justice for for the race weekend, yep. uh, if there is such a thing uh, in in the circumstances. Um, a couple of uh, special mentions and in, in the race uh, that we need to speak about. Uh, the two. Are, two other rookies um in the in the in the uh in the championship sorry uh first we'll talk about uh, lando norris who did mm. you know a, a really clean race really nice racing you know some some good overtakes and unfortunately due to that engine that they've decided to use this year um it it broke on the the last lap uh, a bit of heartbreak for him. I, I was gutted. I was gutted on,
2: on on so many levels. Partly because Carlos Sainz and Norris are both on my dream team, fantasy team. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, so that, that that it was going well. Other than Sainz, I thought, oh, we're all right. So I had Vettel, I had uh, Leclerc, Ferrari, Norris, Giovinazzi, and Sainz. So everything was going well <laughs> to the last bloody lap.
0: <laughs> oh dear so, yeah uh, the, uh, so sponge is, is so distraught about it that he doesn't want to talk about it so we'll talk yep. about the next rookie um Alexander Albon who started in 17th in his debut race mine. debut race for Red Bull um and he performed excellently brilliantly yeah I He'd some of those over overtakes. I'm I'm really looking forward to him and Max being in the same race because I tell you what, how interesting would it be if if he was actually as good as Max Verstappen? I think you know I, I'm excited about the prospect. To be honest with you, I'm very very excited about the prospect over the next few races. So yeah, Alexander Albon, uh, you know, absolutely my driver of the day. Um, for 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 the race, I know Lando Norris got it, and you know some you would argue that he he did deserve it too. And I you know I've got nothing against Lando at all. In fact, he's one of my you know uh, one of the drivers that I'm quite excited about uh, for the future. Um, but for me, um, being it's his debut race for Red Bull, having only driven you know in qualifying and, and free practice, he he re- he did really well. He controlled the car. He he wasn't phased by the pressure that. Undoubtedly, comes with driving in uh, a Red Bull these days, um, and, and he performed quite well. How, how about you? Would you agree that Albon, or would you? Are you more on the side of Lando deserve the the driver of the day, or or indeed Charles Leclerc, or one of the other drivers? Who who do you think deserved it?
1: Um, I, I don't like giving the top drivers driver of the day unless they've done something exceptional. If you know what I mean, mm. yeah. and I kind I kind of felt that Albon was he ended up where his car should have been. Mm-hmm. In terms of pace, does yeah. that make sense? So it's like you yeah. know, how many times we've we've touched on this before, haven't we? How many times do you see a car that should be first start last and end up fifth or sixth? They just mm. drive through the field. Don't get me wrong. There were a couple of really, really good solid moves. I mean, around the outside of no-name was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, equally with Norris, I I really like Lando Norris. Yeah. And he's the for, future of um, of uh, McLaren, along with yeah. mhm But it's like... I kind of got the impression that his car was where it should have been as well.
0: Okay, so who would you well, who would you award it qualified to?
2: Qualified eleventh and finished eleventh. So you're kind of right Yeah,
0: there. yeah, yeah. Because he, he did that. He, they got him past the line, didn't they? So yeah, he get past the line and park up the knife, So he, he technically finished. Well, not finished the race, but got on the last lap of the race. Yeah. So who who would you give it there to? Who would you give the driver of the day to then, Sponge?
1: Well, I think when you're in date, you've just got to give it Robert Kibbutz, haven't you?
2: <laughs> 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 oh, I'll give that man a hand. Oh, <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair,
1: all of that, I was just building up to that moment. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> nah, I would have given oh. it Norris. I would definitely have given it Norris. I think he did really well. He didn't put a foot wrong at the end of the day. He didn't put a foot wrong. Albon was in a far superior car to so everybody yeah. else on that grid, and he didn't catch Norris. Mm. That's the reason why I always say Norris is driver of the day.
0: Okay, Coops?
2: Uh, hmm, tough one. See, because I like McLaren, I like Norris, uh,
0: but he kind of. your bias aside for a second and try and choose one. <laughs> it. It? <sighs> yeah. <away>. uh, Maldonado. <laughs> Ericsson. <laughs> I'll blame
2: him now. He's my driver of the day. Uh, he wore that headset well. He's
1: oh,
2: Alright. Uh, I mean, it's close between Albon. Albon had very limited running with the, the Red Bull, and he just seemed to go out there and didn't care. he done exactly what mm-hmm. guys should have done and just been out there, just done his thing. Uh, the move that he put on Ricardo, which would have went down very well in the Red Bull garage, uh, was yeah. amazing. Uh, you know, you know, I. Uh, Norris just—I think he cemented the driver of the day, probably because of what he did at the first lap, where he just put yeah. the car exactly where it needed to be. Everybody was tripping over everybody. He looked in front of him, and all he could see was two red cars, two silver cars, and him. And he's like, "Oh, sorted!" And straight through he went. But then Albon spent the whole race fighting and getting past everybody. So I don't know. I would so go for that. A yeah, I'm going for Albon. Just purely because okay. of the lack. lack of running in the Red Bull, and he just was like, it basically drove that car as if he'd been in that team for the whole season.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really he was awesome. Very comfortable there. Very comfortable. Not not bearing to the pressure. There was, it was like he didn't. He wasn't under pressure really. He was uh, completely cool head as he has been for the the rest of the the, the championship, uh, just in a different team. So we agree kind of two to one that Albon should have had the driver of the day, but Lando was a very close second anyway. So we're we're happy with kind of him being around as well. Um, So Charles Leclerc won his first race. He absolutely dedicated it for uh, Antoine Hubert. Um, It's a very classy way. He, he handled the win. Um, No sprays of champagne on the, on the podium either. Um, Very somber affair, uh, which, you know, it needed to be. Um, But Charles, Charles Leclerc's first win, great, fantastic, we're, we're absolutely happy that he's got that win under his belt, uh, albeit uh, such a, a difficult weekend, but we're, we're, we're happy with the result and the whole. Okay, so we'll move on to our next section. Uh, we asked you earlier in the day to post us some questions that we could ask each other, uh, so we'll move on to the, those right now, um, and Sponge... If you look at the list, pick a pick a question for us, uh, and we'll we'll go into into as much detail as we can.
1: Uh, okay, I will go with Matt Brennan. He said, with rule changes coming up in twenty twenty one, could twenty twenty uh, be a regrouping year for some teams that don't have a title fight chance or manufacture a PR team to satisfy? Could Williams ride out another rough year in twenty twenty? However, we primary focus on the 2021 season, maybe. Question mark.
0: Okay. So there's two parts to that question, isn't there? Um, I, I do. Uh, I, th- I think 2020 is going to be... Well, it's going to be a... I, I'm, I'm quite excited for it because it's the same rules um, in terms of what what we're having here. There's no, there's no major changes. So the cars will be just as competitive and we've had quite a good few last uh, races you know five five races that have been fairly decent yep. um consecutive consecutively so i i'm looking forward to the fact that, that there's not going to be any kind of rule changes uh, yeah it's going to be a bit of a regrouping year um for, for the people that like you say williams or, or or the lower ranking teams um where they might kind of focus on the 2021 uh rules and regs um and maybe just kind of just yeah, as you say, kind of um, just re- just kind of rough it out, ride it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but the the top the top teams are going to be at it, I think, for the for the whole season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the way that the teams always kind of describe these types of seasons are, um, how oh, do they call it? It's not revolution. Evolution. Uh, evolution. Evolution. Not, evolution. That's it, evolution, not revolution. Mm-hmm. and i think for the top teams they've already got the chassis that they can build on they've already got the engines that they can build on i think mm-hmm. with the likes of williams they've identified quite a lot of the issues for this season's car that they're already yeah. you know they've already started development on next season's car to try and put all of that right will it be yeah. enough i don't know it will be a rough year i still think they'll be here um however
0: they've got that rocket sponsor for a few years haven't they That's, that, yeah. that, that was a, a, three, a three year sponsorship
1: yeah I
2: think they increased yeah. it at this point This some point this year they added a the uh-huh. year or two on so they've got stability in the sponsorship ranks they've uh, got a title
0: sponsor yeah, yeah. so they've got next the, year uh, the year money
2: they've to got, they've got a chance to bring somebody else in because yeah. you know I think we've all kind of agreed that Kubica's going to stay uh, he's going to keep the seat next year uh, Russell's yeah, got a mul- no he won't No, oh, I didn't know. You did. yeah. Nothing's been announced, but he's not staying. There's no way he can stay. Uh, I think you will. Uh, I think there's <laughs> other drivers that are better that have money.
1: You can't kick a driver of the, the day out of the team. No chance. Oh, <laughs> away. <kawaii. laughs>
2: jeez oh. That joke is riding just as slow as he does when he goes round the track. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I mean, I think he's. Uh, I think it's quite clear that he ain't going to be there. There's some younger guys there with a bit more sponsorship, Latifi's involved. Uh, hmm. in practice sessions just now, and I think he done first practice one FP1 at Spa, Latifi for Williams, if I'm right. Yeah, he did. So, yeah. So, I just think there's better, and, and you know, thinking about Kubitsa for the year. I don't actually think it's just physical. I just think because he's been away from the sport for that meant nearly eight years, he's just not that good anymore. It's just yeah. too long a gap uh, for yeah. him to, to to be as good as he needs to be. It's a shame, but hey, we've kind of spoken off about bits bit over the years. so. Uh, In right, terms of the teams, track, though, I think yeah. you know, going back to
1: the going back to the question that was asked, is you know with primary focus on the 2021 season, can they ride out another, uh, you know, a rough year in 2020? I think he's hit the nail on the head there, Maz. I, I think for somebody, or for a team like Williams, it would be dangerous for them to focus too much on 2020. Mm. You know, and, and put put too what? much resource, because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're struggling to make ends meet, as you are, you know, you would be as a, as a privateer. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, kind of right off twenty nineteen already. That the problem is, is that you know these rules haven't been set in stone yet. So
0: no, they, they've October, kind of got think...
1: to go with twenty nineteen, and you know, it, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? The fact that there's still the rules for twenty twenty one still haven't been announced yet, and it's going to be another couple of months until they are. You know, it's, I think it's
2: the daft. final meeting is October, and we've yeah.
0: more or less got like when Brexit release. day, isn't it? Oh. It's Brexit Day. It's the same day as, Bre- as Brexit's supposed it, to it, happen. It, 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 <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> so one, the, uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> one of them's going to be disastrous. Um, which, well, probably Brexit, but it could also be the, the, the rule changes could be disastrous as well. And the teams could all say, "No, we're not doing it." Ferrari, specially saying Here's my special veto.
1: And you'll get Jean Todd walking as a vampire. Shouting, "You're all mine now." <laughs>
2: you see, I think what uh, when they just during the summer break there they released the video of the 50% model in the Silver Wind Tunnel for the yeah. for the 2021. And I think yeah. that's I think that's a wee bit of Formula One strong arm in the teams. Yeah, because <clears throat> as we all know, the teams shouldn't have such a big say in the rules of the sport. No. Formula One should walk in and say, "Look, there you go. This is what you're doing. Work it out. You've got two years." And they should go, "Oh, okay," and just go away and work it out. You know, we don't have a Premier League in England.
1: We're talking about Formula One. (laughs) Well, let's not get political.
0: Sorry, sorry. sorry. So everything politics is the next page that we're going (laughs) to ask. Yes.
1: So it's
2: uh, you know for. We, we, there's a, a few of us here I think we all kind of follow football to a degree that, the, the teams and the leagues that we follow don't have a say in the rules, the rules come out from UEFA, FIFA, whoever and it's kind of this is what you're doing, oh ok, fine that's it, they can shout and ball and go upset about it, we don't like that but yeah. they, mm. that's it so the teams shouldn't have such a big say on it and it's just it's a, it's a historical thing I think they've got the right people to deal with it with Ross Braun and all the key People in there, and Ross Braun's actually yeah. done a smart thing this year when he set up a, a team who are going to work as a Formula One team to find loopholes in the new regulations so okay. that you don't yeah. have a Braun GP situation where there was a a clear loophole uh, in the rules that they used to their advantage. So, the you know, that's never been done before. So, they're going the right way about it, and I think I think the the model that came out, the only big difference they're seeing just now is the front wing's going to change. The front wing's very plain, and I think there's a lot of comments in the video that we put up on the page saying that we don't like the front wing. It's like, well, that's changing. Mm-hmm. Not by much, but it will evolve a wee bit, but the side pods and the fact that they're now going to a more ground effect kind of system yep. uh, is pretty much staying. Uh, I think a lot of what the problems are are to do with budget caps and the other parts not maybe as much to do with the cars Uh, Mm. so but yeah next year next year as with every time that they change rules the year before they change the rules is a great year for Formula 1 because they just don't do anything with the regulations so everyone has two years with the same set of regulations and by the time you get to the final year everybody knows them and everybody's closer And then you have all next year. I bet you all next year we'll have great racing. Everyone's going. Well, why do we need to change the regulations? Because that's <laughs> just how it works. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and then we have and then we'll go to Paul Ricard. Uh, and we have a race like we did, and then everyone's like, "We well,
1: can't wait till the new regulations come in. So, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 50p in the jar, because you just mentioned Paul Ricard. I said Paul Ricard. <laughs> you thought
0: F- you'd you get you away th- with it.
1: Get, that's a loophole, straight away. <laughs>
0: exactly! <laughs> <laughs> Proved my point! You have an FIA team trying to <laughs> yep. stop you doing I've that. I've got somebody in my
2: kitchen trying to work out the rules. <laughs> yeah, where's Yeah, uh, it <laughs> uh, was. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, next year will be interesting because it's, it's, an, it's an evolution, I'm trying to find a question so I can see the two parts. Uh, Williams don't have much of a choice. I think the smaller teams, your Haas, your your Williams, uh, Renault to a de- degree, every team. I mean, even, even Mercedes, because if Mercedes interpret the rules badly, they could be sitting as the best of the rest. And you could see a team like Haas who just, all it takes is one person to just work something out and go... There we go, we've got it. All it took was a couple of people at Braun to be like, double diffuser. If I'm reading yes. this right, you can do, that works. uh And it takes, and it'll take every team six months to, mm. you know, or half a season. Because if you follow that, the season with the Braun GP, it was like a good, by the time that everyone caught up, they'd won the championship. So, or more or less, they'd got enough of a lead. Uh, so all it takes is one person to find one wee loophole. Just in, well, not necessarily a loophole, but just uh, implement the rules better than everyone else. That gives you that a tenth or two on the street or half a tenth or whatever uh. it may be. But so, I mean, 2021, uh, you know, that's going to be the best season ever. See that, the anticipation for when we go to Australia and then seeing all the cars coming out you know over the over this the the off season with the new the new the new look to them and stuff. Yeah. Uh it's going to be it's going to be quite an exciting off season and race season. And then we will all be upset because Australia will still be bored And uh, <laughs> we will be like what oh, has happened? Uh but I it's uh, they've got that is a buffer I think. Uh because everyone will be planning twenty twenty, there won't be very many part. There won't be much in the way of development development throughout the year, because they have mm. such a big change for twenty twenty one. I would, I would think.
0: Yeah, um, but going back to the question as well. So, uh, Williams, they're going to ride it out. Yep. Uh, just have have another rough year in twenty twenty. Well, With the primary I mean... focus of 2021, 2021 season. It also kind of does touch on what Kelden Meadows said um, what, uh, and kind of asked the question. So we, we could kind of lead on from mm-hmm. um, Matt's, Matt Brennan's question. What, what does the future hold for struggling teams such as Williams and McLaren? How much longer can they afford to keep running their teams? It would be a tragedy to lose them. Uh, but f one is so expensive now without without top sponsorship, I worry that they will no longer be able to afford it. Is there any help that the f i a etc can give them? No one wants to see that that going under um well, i mean we we we, we 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 mentioned williams uh obviously having rocket sponsorship for another couple of years, so hopefully they're good. hopefully they can kind of get into the twenty twenty one season at least and with that budget cap, although it's not very much of a budget cap, mm-hmm. um, and with the kind of uh, regulations that are going to come in, hopefully there'll be some kind of help for them that way. And mm-hmm. and then the the, the splitting of the, the, the kind of pot of money, hopefully, unless Ferrari do veto that, which is probably the most likely one that they will veto. Um, the, the sharing of the pot of money that, mm-hmm. that gets shared out at the end of the year will help Williams as well. In theory, uh, McLaren, I think, have got loads of money. So oh, McLaren not so much scant, to worry about. Yeah. yeah, and McLaren have got.
2: I think Latifi's dad see. gave them like half a billion for 20% of McLaren <clears throat> technologies. So, you know, I think in terms of teams, McLaren are sorted. You know, Haas, I think, yeah. are probably quite low. You know, Sports Pesa, Racing yeah. Point, Force India, F1, whoever, whatever they like to call them, they're fine now. Uh, yeah. So you're looking at Williams, Haas, uh, maybe Toro Rosso to a degree they, you know they can't split the same budget with Red Bull they're not allowed to mm. so maybe to an extent I don't see them ever being in trouble but they don't maybe have the same operating budget as as the as the bigger teams but you know I think the two that you would worry about mostly would be Haas and
0: Williams Salva maybe, well not Salva sorry Alpha <laughs> um, yeah. Alpha, Alpha but I suppose we with the, oh, with the Ferrari there, and I think so you're you're kind of that's yeah, what I mean. That's why I'm kind sound.
2: of you know you're kind of. Oh, it's it's not so much as I don't fear for Toro Rosso. They just don't have the same operating budgets as your Red Bulls, and uh, so maybe mm-hmm. they have to be a wee bit smarter with their, their money and how they work it. Uh, so so they they are ones that might that would probably been be it would. Be more beneficial for a budget cap rather for them rather than it would be for because if you imagine the budget cap is going to affect the teams that spend more money see your smaller teams like williams who don't spend that amount of money a year anyway it's not going to affect them but it's going to affect the amount of people that you know that uh, your red bulls and your McLarens and Mercedes can hire because they just don't have that mm. lot of money to spend. It's and it won't affect driver salaries because that's not part of it in certain other th- aspects. But so it's it's it brings it brings things naturally closer because they're not allowed to they're not allowed to now just fling twenty bodies at one problem but, anymore because
0: that's a budget. I think case. the budget cap was the budget cap was quite high though. That um, I think they wanted it initially to be a lot lower. I think but it's it, hundred seventy-five
2: it, million or something. A
0: year. Yeah, one hundred eighty, yeah, something, something like that, yeah. And it doesn't include driver so salaries,
2: and doesn't include PR, like what you spend yeah, on ki- public key, relations.
0: Yeah, and key kind of um, me- mechanics and aerodynamicists and team managers, and <laughs> there are so many things. But that again, doesn't, what, doesn't what, include. But what
2: that does though is, although you can pay whatever you want to your chief dynamicist, your chief. Technical guy, yeah, you know your head guys of each department. Mercedes then can't yeah. spend uh fifteen million on kitting out that team like they do now mm. because they, that then falls under the budget cap, so they're then limited they can't then start bringing in somebody for a whole like hundreds of folk to solve a problem. So if they fundamentally mm. get it wrong in twenty twenty one, they then they then can't just hire like an extra hundred people in the factory to work on the issue. Because that will hit the yeah. budget cap. So what it does, is, yeah, the, it naturally pulls the tr- them closer.
0: Yeah, the the trouble with budget caps is if if they do that, then they'll they'll start bringing in subcontractors and saying oh well we'll pay this subcontractor who's also technically a sponsor or something like that of the team mm-hmm. and they can work on that sort of thing and they're probably not regulated um so th- there's always raise around it unfortunately as well budget caps are Loophole.
1: unless you
0: loopholes yeah it's 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 uh... it's i don't necessarily i would i would love an a budget a proper budget cap to come in um but i i I think there's just so many ways around it and loopholes and and things that aren't included in in that that i don't think it's enforceable um to the extent that we would require it to be uh enforceable
1: you, you mentioned though being enforceable there's one critical thing here when it comes to budget caps what's what's the consequence if they go over it do they get fined uh-huh. you know that's just completely backwards if they do I mean I I would drops. imagine
2: the only way that you could do that, it wouldn't be grid drops, it would be constructor points, because it's a team. Oh, yeah. You would lose constructor points which then affects your final position at the end of the year, which affects the money you bring in. So there there would have to be a major deterrent. Either you lose all your constructor points automatically, as soon as you're found to be out with you know, similar to what's happening with Chelsea in the Premier League, you didn't Follow the financial fair play rules, so you can't buy any new players for next two two win Same idea, you Mm. lose your constructor points, which means you do not get the money from us for next year because you can't be
1: trusted. But Uh, then the thing mm. is, I mean, again, if this probably doesn't apply actually, but I'm just, I mean, as soon as you said that, the first thing that came into my mind is if they're saving three hundred million off their budget taking the prize money away from them, if it's already been levelled out as well, isn't going to make any difference to them. Mm.
2: Because you can't then, the problem is, with the you would have a a, a, a cap, you can't use your own mud, money to supplement that cap. The cap's the cap, mm. you can't then top it up, if you know what I mean, or, or just use it. There would, there would be sanctions, there'd be a way of doing it, whether it be a case of, you reduce your budget cap for the next year. So you, you know, maybe they turn out and say right well you've got 180 million we found out that you spent 200 million so, so next year you only have a budget cap of 160 million mm. so it's reduced by 20 million which gives them that issue the following year but it's they would have to have an instant penalty which the only mm. thing you can do instantly well not fine them because if it's a big team they've got money is constructor points or ban them from mm. races? you know if you if you're found to be out with the rules, you'll get chucked out or you'll be banned for a race. That's that's a big kick in the teeth because it looks bad yeah. and that's a PR disaster. Uh, so
0: yeah, okay. Well, we'll move on from that. Well, thank you very much for the for the questions there, uh, Matt Brennan, uh, which also led on to Kelda Meadows' uh, statement and question, which was fantastic. Thank you very much for those contributions. Coops, can you pick a question for us to answer now?
2: Uh, okay, I've got one here. It's in from Richard Baker, or Backer. Uh, do Baker. we need shot uh, Baker. Do we need shot of Pirelli? Tyres too hard to handle, switch on, etc. I think IndyCar's way uh, works better as Firestone seem to be very consistent. Maybe it is the control chassis that helps, do we? Uh, so that's the first part. So we'll talk about that first, because there's actually a second one uh, we'll link into. But yeah. for me... Pirelli are in a no-win situation really, aren't they, in terms of the tyres, because it's Formula 1 that say to them, we want a tyre that yeah. does this. And then it's, oh no, we don't want it to do that, so can you do this? So they're all over yeah, the ship we... by what they've been asked to do. And I think they've came out yeah. and admitted that we kind of went in the wrong direction this year.
0: That, that's, that's funny, something Ross Braun has said. He's said, you know, we, we've looked back and actually we, we hold our hands up. We've been asking Pirelli to, to do something that, that really they probably should have refused to do uh over the last few years and making tires that just deteriorate um prematurely or you know or or um falsely um and mm. we're going to make make those tires more consistent um so there's still going to be strategy uh and you're still going to have to use like two tire compounds but uh, in in terms of just just falling apart, they're not they're not going to no longer going to do that.
2: Yeah, I think for this year it's the first year that's really caught up with Pirelli because as we've seen with Haas, they just cannot get the tyres to work. The tyres seem to be in a very narrow operating window, and sometimes mm. they work. Uh, I think Mercedes, I think at one point they worked, and Mercedes were like, uh, we don't know how we got it to work, but it just did. And then Hassel mm-hmm. like in qualifying, oh, they're great. Then you go into the race pace, and it's like, eh, the tires aren't working. And everyone's like, how? Mm. Uh,
1: it's just too easy to blame the tires, though, isn't it? You know, it's, it's way too easy to say, right now, nah, it's not our car. There's nothing wrong with our car. It's that it must be the tires. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, there are issues with the the car. But then, if you can get a Hass to qualify in ninth and tenth, and do it regularly. But then as soon as you hit race pace or something, for Saturday this weekend, the temperatures were relatively high. They got them up to 10th, 11th, 9th, 10th, somewhere around that part. But then they went to Sunday, mm. it was a slightly cooler track, and they couldn't get the tyres to work. But then
1: but the it's, cars it's, have it's, like, you know, absolute full tanks of fuel as well. It so, just, mm.
2: That's what I mean. The, 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 it's this very small window for things to click for the tyres, mm. which shouldn't happen. There, there should be a wee bit Margin of error, which is the first time I've noticed that uh, in form- watching Formula One, where, the, where they just can't get the tyres to work, or you hear a driver like Verstappen in Hungary, tyres are dead, uh, and that happened again with Vettel, the tyres aren't going to last to the end of the race. They just, Here's a, just thought <laughs> so just a thought for a, Coops. A different angle coming
1: at it than Coops, yeah? In Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, what you were saying then about this is the first time that you've really seen it in Formula 1. Haas haven't been in Formula 1 very long, okay? Mm -hmm. And for the first couple of seasons that they've been in in Formula 1, the majority of their car Mm. has been purchased. So, Mm. they haven't actually developed their own car as much as the rest of the teams have done. So... It does it not stand to reason? Maybe they're victims of their own model, if you like, that they don't they don't develop a car from scratch enough to understand the car properly in order to be able to make the, the changes that they but, need to to make the tyres work.
2: But they they understood it well enough last season, and their their model of buying in things isn't any different. but they they, they did change the tyres. I was they say, have they've changed moved. the tyres, haven't they? But they changed you know the tyres this year. So, but equally, I mean,
1: teams, all the teams did testing last year as well on them new tyres.
2: But they don't know what they are. They were just given tyres and told to drive on them. So they don't, they don't mm. get even. They just get handed tyres. They're just black tyres. The probably don't tell them anything. We just say go and drive. This is what we want you to do. This is how we want you to fill the car up. Go and drive. Bring it back, and then we we go and do whatever we need to do. So they don't even know. I just think that this Prellie of they're in, a, they're in a, an impossible situation. Uh, and hopefully... Yeah, I agree with that.
0: They've uh, been given the responsibility to make the wow. race entertaining when actually their, their job is to sell tyres at the end of the day. But the, th- um, the
2: thing I see when it goes wrong, like it has done occasionally, i like, nobody goes back, nobody points the finger at Formula One. It's all on Pirelli. Yeah. But Pirelli are going, but you told us to do this. But everyone's going, yeah. it's your fault. And, we're, and they're going... But Formula 1 told us this is our directive. We don't just make the tyre. So, you know, like uh, Richard's saying, do you need shot up, really? Not really. Just Formula 1 just needs to give them a better consistent. Don't change it so much. Just say to them, like, we want a tyre that works to a degree. We don't want it to last one set to last a full race. But we don't want it to be so sensitive conditions
0: no i think I, I think what they've said is that is they don't they don't want any of that false racing at all you know they're saying they're saying now make a hard compound tire make a soft compound tire um and and make them last but we're going to use uh like strategy uh, they're going to say you know you, you have to stop at, uh, and use at least two, two, top, two top no, top compounds that, in the that, race. I mean,
2: again that, that that could be a way to use it with that's worked in the past i'm not sure if it still is uh-huh. where if it's a dry race you've got to use two different compounds so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not yes, sure if it's, it's still the case in, so, yeah I mean, is, that it's works, still the
2: case. So that's fine. You just it's just a case of working out. You just have to make sure that your margins between each compound is enough for them to bring it in for the soft tire to be fastest but it doesn't it lasts mm-hmm. maybe 10 laps rather than 5 laps. You know, that's like the old 90s qualifying tires, you know, that were great over a lap but you know, if yeah. you've done three laps on them they blew up. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, that's
1: what the FIA and Jean Todd have come out and said, though, hasn't it? As Tilly mentioned, it was they, basically yeah, come out and said, look, we've been going down the wrong route with this. Yeah. It's not really Pirelli's fault. They've done exactly what we asked them to. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's now basically saying what we need to do in the future is we need to go down a route of you've got a hard or you, mm. you've got a, a, a quick tyre and a slower tyre that don't degrade as quickly as they do over the time or even go down the route where they don't degrade at all but you've got to use mm. one of each one so mm. you know your your um, strategy is going to be when do you want to be quick at this race and hopefully mm. what that
0: should
2: not actually bring in then isn't drivers having to race to save the tire yeah
1: yeah the, that's it just so they can
0: they can push they can push all the time obviously there will still be the, the limits on the um the 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 fuel so that will be you'll be limited to 100 what is it 100 cubic cubic millilitres per second or something like that i can't remember the specifics but they they're restricted on that so they're going to have to work within the the restrictions on the fuel um but can push as much as they want to um on the tires um which is what we want, really. We don't want any of this false um, overtaking, this false uh, gimmicks that that kind of bring um, just pretend racing to the, to the forefront, such as DRS and uh, the tyres. So we want reliable tyres, but the the fact that they have to use two different sets at least, um, and yeah, we we want we don't want the this coming from way back uh, just by the power of the DRS and, and taking over with the, the car in front with ease really definitely um the yep. so, close following aerodynamic racing yeah so carry on sorry yep. Cups, you, the you, second part of, of the from.
2: question which unfortunately is a question that's going to be asked after this weekend's events was so he said my hero died in a Aru- right sorry it was do we think do we think the top of orus needs changing as it's now even faster with life runoff my hero died there in 1985, and I hope the ch- I hope the changes then would stop it happening again. I don't want tracks like Ricard, but it uh, does need looking at. So before I answer it, someone else, D'Angelo White, has also asked: Is there anything that could be done to F1 and F2 cars to make them safer? What could What could have been done to prevent the fatal accident of uh, Anton, or could or could be used now to prevent it from happening again? so I'm, I'm encompassing them together because we're going to talk about them together so
0: okay well uh, can i can i start on that one is that is that all right um i think obviously it 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 was a f- a freak accident um uh, if you if you consider how long it's been since we've had uh, uh, a death
2: i think it was
0: was yeah a death on the track um uh, obviously it's it's been since 2015 obviously there was something uh, something else that that happened uh but it, uh, it, at spa are we talking it was it 2015 at spa it wasn't was it I know, no, no that
2: was it was that like, it was Jules Bianchi, in japan in, in, Jules Bianchi,
0: yeah, in japan so yeah so wow. in terms of on track uh, incident um that I mean Jules, Jules Bianchi was a, a freak accident where he went on to mm-hmm. um a, a, a some piece of uh, machinery plant machinery that was there to recover a car but this i'm talking about kind of cra- cars crashing into each other it was yeah. a freak accident and we've we've got to remember the what we've had over over the last 20 odd years where this hasn't happened in a race um, i don't think we need any kind of rash decisions to say okay let's plaster some more runoff areas in that that place and, and make sure that it's completely clinical again. Uh, we don't want any deaths. We do not want any deaths. Of course, we don't want any deaths. Um, maybe there could be something to do with the barrier rather than um, having tyres, maybe having those water barriers. They kind of absorb the car and kind of keep the car encompassed within the barrier rather than kicking it out into the, to the track. So maybe they could change... Uh, from tires to one of those water barriers maybe um, but I don't personally even though we've obviously had a death this weekend and it's it's probably some people might might say it was a bit cold of me um I don't think we need to make it so clinical um and, and so kind of and say yes we need runoff areas in that area uh, we need it to be gravel traps or something else there uh, I don't want it to kind of go an extreme and kind of Make the racing clinical in every single way, because the reason we love the sport is because there's an element of danger. We do not want to see any deaths, but we do want to see um, tracks pushing our drivers to the limits. Yeah. Coops, what do you reckon?
2: Well, I yeah, I think you're right. Uh, just actually talk about the the crash itself. The FIA have already started an investigation into the incident. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh i can't remember the gentleman's name but he came out and said that he's. Uh, that it started I think yesterday so they're looking at everything they're looking at the track they're looking at the circumstances surrounding the crash it, everything's coming in so there, there's no going to be any major uh, you know nobody's going to jump to conclusions and it's going to be extensive it's going to take as long as it needs to take my personal opinion is when i saw the crash and i saw the couple of angles of it on it it was circumstance there's so many different contributing factors to it. Now, if you take mm-hmm. any one of these factors out, people either maybe have really bad injuries but, but live or they walk away from it. So if you take away yeah. the fact that he bounced back into the track and was yeah. just, uh, just at that wrong time, then he's fine. He's probably going to be a bit shaken up because it was a hefty crash before he was hit into it. Uh, Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, if it was a different part of the corner, then he might not have bounced back into the road if it was later on in the race where there be a wee bit more spaced out. You know, there's so mm. many different factors. Unfortunately, he done it, it... Just everything conspired against us. Now, you look at every other issue that happened that has caused the death. You look at Ernton Senna's crash in uh, 1994. I think they came yeah. out and said that the wheel that hit him in the head, which ultimately uh, caused him to pass away, if he mm. if he hit the if he hit the wall at like a couple of inches, slightly different angle, that tire was missing them or wasn't hitting them quite mm. where it hit him. It's all it's it's fractions, uh, and you're right. We can't jump to conclusions. I mean, you look at how long it took for before they brought in the halo, and that was as a result of what happened to the Jules Bianchi, and it's came out and it's a good thing. It's been used uh, to good effect. Uh, in F two and in Formula One, uh, mm. so you know, I don't, I don't see what they could, what could have been done in that circumstance that would have saved them. It was the hardest part of one car that hit the weakest part of another. It's just mm. in every car design, and every, no matter what you do, there's always a weak point and a strong point, and it's just yeah, scary. and and at
0: the end of the day as well, that that car was going at 160. Kilometers or miles per hour or whatever it was into the yeah. side of of that other car, um, that doesn't happen often on on racing because no. um, they're they're always kind of back to back or front uh, back to front and whatever and, and kind of t- nose to tail. Um, it's just as as you say, all those little parts of the incident have added up to what it what, what it became. It um, could, but to you know
2: sorry to interrupt, but I mean it could mean that there might be a they look at the design of that corner and change it ever so slightly it might just be mm. a, maybe moving the tire barrier back an extra foot and a half if that's possible i don't know what the profile is behind that, that tire barrier mm. or just angle it's it has it's a bit
0: of a vertical drop actually is it uh, it's a bit of a vertical drop down there um, so, which is why there's probably no no space for a runoff area but um i i think some kind of you know those water water barriers, whatever it is, where they mm. kind of swallow the car rather than bounce it back into the track, could yeah, be it, a suggestion. I,
2: I mean, it's 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 one of those. I mean, uh, someone they mentioned on, I don't know if it was on Twitter or mentioned on our group, I can't remember, but I think it was one of those things of if it was a gravel trap rather than a, a runoff area, you know. Mm. Would that have been a better thing? Because the car, the drivers tend to just if they go off, they just keep they just keep their foot in the throttle. So if you yeah. just do that, you know, would that. Yeah, so if
0: it was a gravel trap, they wouldn't be able to do that, and and maybe that Juan, Carrera would not have been um Aye. so heavy on the the accelerator had he been in the position that he would have been because he but would have been in the gravel, I think, for example. I think
2: the issue with that is where the track is. You know, gravel and that that speed would have probably caused cars to roll. And that's the last thing you want. You want to keep them upright, regardless. Uh, But again, a lot of it's what if I think, and that's the that's the thing about this crash. And just before I forget, it was uh, Ruben Whitehead, uh, D'Angelo White, and I'll just get the other name, Richard Baker, who all asked a similar
1: question in regards
2: to F1, F2, and safety.
0: Sponge, you haven't had any input on this. What, what, what's your thoughts on it?
1: I, I, to be honest with you, mate, I, I kind of echo what both of you just said. Really, it's, it's an awful situation to be in. But when you actually look at the the whole situation, I think the only thing that you can really question is the layout of the track, because mm. you know they were all coming over a blind crest. Yeah. Um. None of them will have seen what happened, because I mean. Don't forget as well, this wasn't actually uh, Hubert that, that started all of this. It was actually Giuliano Relaci, got out of shape yeah. halfway up Eau Rouge, hit the, um, hit the barrier at Radion, yeah. uh, sorry, at the top of Eau Rouge, He was in the middle of the track, kind of going slow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's really difficult to kind of decipher exactly what happened to Hubert whether he lost it trying to get out of a way or, you know, how, how all of that happened. But obviously, you know, you know, I've seen the footage of what happened after that. And it's, you know, all of this work has been done on the survival cell of of a Formula One car. All of the work has been done on the hands devices, you know, the, 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 uh, the halo. Um, or I, I, I'm desperately trying to think of something to put forward to say this could have been done better, but honestly, I really, really do think that it's got to be left up to the guys in the know to be able to come up with something. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, we're not going as... to really be
2: privy to all the angles and stuff. They'll have all sorts no. of angles. And they'll have all the sensors with the you know, the G-forces and, and all that, and yeah. they'll be able to understand exactly the impact points and such. Like. So they'll be able to get it down to the right minutia of it all and even they might come out and go do you know what we just there's nothing that we could have done different if we had done this the the forces I mean I think Andrew Benson wrote uh, He's a BBC Formula One correspondent he wrote a really good article about it that I I would ask everybody to go and find it Uh, yeah you know I think basically what what he takes from it is the human body can only take so much we can only wrap them up so much but sometimes something just happens that Mm. it's just circumstance now if it was our fault with the track fine you know whatever the FIE are going to come out with we kind of have to go where where they're they're the experts I don't think people some people are saying we shouldn't race in spy anymore that's an over exaggeration
0: no one of the best races of the season Uh, you know arguably a track that the fans love
2: how many times have we been there, and how many times has somebody been killed? Uh, percentage-wise, it wouldn't be a lot, and you've been there at times when mm. the safety wasn't. It. I mean, the safety just now is amazing. So, mm. you know, it's we might not like it because they might come out and just say there's nothing that could have been done different, and people might not. Nah. People would like that because as a as a person, as you know, as humans as we are, we want answers. And sometimes they're just one. Yeah. sometimes it's just, that's just how it happened. As Spun as, as said, it was a Lacey who spun in the middle of the track, which got Hubert out of shape, which caused him to go there just at the point where yeah, Carrera was probably running wide because everyone had spread out. Now, if a Lacey hadn't he, spun He around, had a rear
1: wheel puncture, didn't he? So,
2: so he was know, out of control plans. at that yeah. point. So Yeah, he was you know, he
1: was struggling to even keep traction on the the, the trap. So
2: I think we're I don't we i do not we have not really mentioned but I just hope that is it Juan Manuel Carrera his name is I just hope yeah. that he yeah. is getting a lot of support. Not necessarily yeah. just on his physical stuff, but that that man's got to have that in his head about it was his car that effectively killed Hubert. Of course he will, yeah. You know, so let's just, you know, I'm, um, you know, he needs to get a lot of support and good luck in his recovery because he didn't yeah. come out of it unscathed. No,
1: absolutely. No,
0: uh, he's got two two fr- fractured legs, uh, p- p- partially uh, fractured spine, um, or something along the. Un- yeah, un- I think I think, I think they, I think they were
2: saying that the spinal injury was quite minor in the grand scheme of it, but it was the legs that he was getting right. a lot of operations for. Uh Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they'll heal to whatever degree. The, the mental and psychological issues that you, that, that man's going to face, and just I hope that he's got a lot of support there for him. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it It's not just Hubert that's passed. It's it's it's, it's going to have repercussions for a long time. I think just mm-hmm. psychologically for a lot of people. Um. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, we want answers now because someone has died. We didn't want. To, yeah. We didn't want that to happen. And, you know, I got you know quite downbeat. I got quite upset, a bit reflective later on at night. And you know, I personally am going through my own issues with mental health just now, and it's something that it needs to be discussed. But you know, I I sent a few messages to a few folk and just said, look, thanks for being in my life. It it, it touched it, it it touched me a lot deeper than I thought mm. because you just don't know what'll, what will what will happen uh, to yeah. you, and you know. And the irony, I think, is uh, the the last thing that was put on F2's Instagram was a picture of Hubert on the grid at that race, giving it the thumbs up.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just, it's just, it was a horrible weekend, and it's it's put a lot of people in a very... Such a sad re-
0: loss of life. Yep, 22 years so old. So very young. Uh, yeah.
2: it's, it's put everybody in a very reflective mood, uh, I think. Mm. Uh, but... You know, the FIA will do everything. They've got a lot of people a, very, a lot smarter than all of us who will come out and if they come out and say, look, no matter, there's nothing that we could have done at that corner to stop these events from happening in the way that they did. Or, you know, <coughs> they might have slowed them down by a couple of miles an hour, but the impact would still be the same force. Or, you know, or maybe they will come at <coughs> the, the, the mill find something. You just don't know. But it's... a. Uh, I didn't see anything in what I saw that made me think. Oh, you know, if that was, you know, there there wasn't anything instantly that popped up that looked out of place or looked wrong or no. you know.
1: I will say one thing in in the defence of the sport in terms of should they you know should they allow the the cars to race at that circuit again, etc. 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 If you look at this this particular incident, compare it to all of the other incidents where somebody has lost their life. I'd probably say this is the first time where we're all sat here thinking, do you know what? There's not an obvious answer to what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at Senna's um, Senna's death. That yeah. whole weekend should have been written off on the Friday morning. Well, yeah. know, there were so many signs with Bianchi's death you can say right you know take the tractors off or have a skirt around them so that cars can't submarine under them they bought in the halo they mm-hmm. did this that and the other because it was quite obvious once it had happened and this is the problem isn't it with it being mm-hmm. such an emotive time the problem is is that these kind of things don't present themselves until you've had a fatality or you've had something very close a like a serious injury and you know all this that, and the other yeah um, which is the sad part of it, but it's the important part is showing that you're learning from it and you are trying to make it safer as you can. I think mm-hmm. th- this this particular incident is the first time that we can honestly turn around and say, it's certainly in for- Formula 1, maybe not in other sports like IndyCar or whatever or NASCAR or whatever, but in Formula 1 this is probably the first time we can turn around and say, look, everything, everything that people could envisage Mm. has been done to try and maximize the safety of the sport. However, mm-hmm. it's still dangerous and we're still learning. you know mm. they they might go off and they might look at that survival right. cell and they'll think right. the design that we had before based on our understandings was this and it was brilliant. However, mm. our new understanding from what's happened is if it's impacted in this way, it doesn't work. But the other thing is as well. That everybody's got to remember is that we don't know the full circumstances as to how he died, what injuries he died from. No. Um, you know that that's quite important. You know, it, it, again, sometimes it just comes down to the fact that it was a freak accident, and unfortunately, somebody lost their life.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think we probably should move on now. Uh, We've we've spoken about it it quite a bit. Thank you very much, though, uh, Richard Baker, uh, D'Angelo White, and uh, Reuben Whitehead for your questions uh, in relation to that. Um, Hopefully, we've at least answered uh, and given you our opinions um, as best we can. So I'm going to move on to something myself uh, a bit more kind of light, I guess. Um, There's a question that I quite like um, from... Zack Murphy. Um, similarly, with the extra point for the driver with fastest lap, do you think constructors should be given an extra point in the constructors' championship for fastest pit stop? Uh, there's a second part of that question. Um, also, do you think F1 uh, should adopt a Formula E qualifying format? So we'll, we'll go to the, there's two questions there. Sorry, um, we'll go to the first question. Uh, I, I quite like the idea uh, for a point for the fastest pit stop for the constructor. What, what do you think, Sponge and Coops?
1: um in a way in a way yes, in a way no mm. I think I mean it did get to a stage where everybody was kind of um, rushing too much and there were quite a lot of mistakes happening and I think yeah. safety has to come first and when mm. you're when you're pushing a team to get an extra point, you know um, by by doing a quicker pit stop. that's that's when I think you probably start encouraging mistakes. Um, Okay.
2: Yeah. That's the way that I would see that. Okay. Keeps? I like the the idea in principle uh, because it's a team thing but as, you know, as Sponge says, subconsciously when you're competing in that way for such a short time, safety can be a secondary thing and it's not meant. It's just like, how Mm -hmm. can we shave that point too because I want that point or how can we shave that, you know, even without having a point for the fastest pit stop we had a ferrari mechanic a couple of years ago break his leg in quite gruesome fashion Uh, Mm. so you know i think there's just too many people there's 22 22 people that come out around the car to get them to do everything in two and a half seconds and if you put that competitive edge in you know it's just too many people too many variables for you know Mm. for that one point the fastest lap—it's—it's—it's it's, it's one person. It's the driver. You go, yeah. you get the fast tires, go on, do it. You know, uh,
0: and he's just doing the job that he normally yeah, would be doing yeah. anyway, just on fresher tires and, yeah, just with more motivation or whatever. Okay, so I'm going to add a second part to that question. Is there anything else we could award points for uh, within a, a race, so to add a bit of extra spice to the weekend?
2: Pole position.
0: Point for pole position. Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's done for a few other ones, but again, I mean that's not racing really. I mean that's qualifying. But I mean all you're really doing is giving what Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes a chance to get another point to go ahead of everybody else. Maybe for part of 2021 when it's a level playing field, you could maybe bring it in.
0: Any other ideas, Sponge? Or is it too gimmicky for you? I I
1: don't mind. I don't mind awarding teams points for things. I think my gimmicky kind of things kind of end where you know when it gets to DRS and. Mm-hmm. uh ERS and all of this and you have a Mario Kart kind of crap. <laughs> um but I, I don't know. Do you mean don't you don't want the
0: you don't want the bananas uh spinning around the car and dropping you're allowed to drop three every uh every ten laps or something. <laughs> nah, only if Max is following. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough
1: I do I d I don't I don't dislike him as much as I let him. <laughs> um, what could what could you what could you award a point for? I don't know. Um, best mustache.
2: <laughs> Aye, the best hair game for the weekend. No. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I don't know what else you could really award a point for. Pole position is one. Don't know whether I agree with that.
0: Mm. There's some um, well, there's some some kind of uh, you could you could do a reverse top ten, uh, but but award them uh, points. Uh, for for becoming for you know having the fastest lap in qualifying, obviously you start tenth, but you because but you get say five points or something like that, and mm.
2: uh,
0: second, third, fourth getting point think less think and less
2: and less. We go down, yeah. Once we get past maybe the only other obvious one is the only other obvious one is pole position. After that, it's gimmicks and you're forcing issues, and it's you're going down the Bernie Eccleston sprinklers on the track sort of gimmicky <laughs> thing Yeah, do. yeah. It's just I think I think. The fastest lap for one of the drivers in the top 10 is probably the best that we could hope for in terms of extra points and stuff. Because mm. uh, then you are going down gimmicks, you know, where a team could tell, you know, like, the fastest car over the speed trap gets an extra point. Well, you turn the engine up at mm. half a lap. Uh, so it just becomes a bit silly, uh,
0: I think. Okay, so it's Zach's second question. Do you think F1 should adopt a Formula E's qualifying format?
2: Right, I will read out to all the listeners exactly what the Formula E qualifying is, and try not to fall asleep. The qualifying session is held after two practice sessions at around midday on each Formula E day. Wait for it, it gets better. The session lasts for 55 minutes, but each car is permitted only 6 minutes of track time to set their fastest lap. The cars are split into 4 groups of 5 drivers. Each group has 10 minutes to set a time. The grid is determined from the fastest times for each driver, before the top five overall are placed into the super Pole session at the end of the group phase. The rest of the 15 drivers start in the order they originally qualified. Uh, The super uh, shootout as it is officially known sees the top five from the groups enter a new 50 minute session to determine the order of the top five. I'm not going to go on because I'm bored reading it.
1: No. And ladies and I gentlemen, that that brings us nicely up to the Christmas break. <laughs> uh, we hope you have a lovely Christmas and a fabulous new year.
2: And, and it is the Christmas break, which is now, coincidentally, the start of the Formula
0: E session. Uh, no. No. Um. In answer to that, I, I think you can probably tell from what we're all we're all uh, all thinking, all alluding to. Um, we had a little brief chat about this before we started the podcast, and, and it was a unanimous decision across the three of us. Um, we don't think the current qualifying format is anything that needs fixing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's it's some of the best qualifying sessions that we've had in for, for well for for a long time. It's the best format uh, for a long time. Um, we remember before um before this was introduced having the, the hour uh qualifying session where you you are allowed to race as much as you want or, or get a time lapse in as much as you want in that hour slot and then they're all coming out for the last 10 minutes of the thing um i i, I think you know this this format's done really well and it's it, it's it's given some quite sort of some really really exciting qualifying sessions so we uh, I'm speaking on behalf of all of us, but you can buy means butt in, lads. <laughs> but I think we we, oh, we all think it's yeah. We we all think it. You know, the, the qualifying isn't something that needs to be fixed.
1: No. I would actually go as far as to say uh, I think there was an interview with Ross Braun mm. earlier in the season right. where he did say that they were looking at qualifying. Mm. And I remember sitting there thinking, please, please don't change anything that doesn't need to be changed. Yeah. This you know this this qualifying format needs to continue for the rest of the time as far as I'm concerned, unless somebody comes up with an ex- extremely fun, exciting way of changing it, which I, I'm completely open to. Uh. But anything that we've had before, it, it it doesn't compare. Do
0: you remember a couple of years ago they tried to do that um that funny knockout thing in the
1: shootout. One, lap, oh, yeah.
0: one Nobody lap.
2: Could understand and it. no one
0: understood it. They did it for one race and then they're like Yeah, we won't do that again. they
2: <laughs> have done it for two. I think they done it oh, for was it two races? Australia. Nobody could understand it, so they went right, we'll do it again in China. We still couldn't understand yeah. it and then you just went to the what? nah you're fine, don't worry about it, it's fine, not a problem. <laughs> uh, it was bizarre it was I still I remember it. I remember going, What? How do you what do you mean? It was yeah, a bit like it, they... what I just read out for Formula E. It was like eh, uh, so that but uh, I don't I have no idea. Uh yeah. yeah, it was a bit bizarre.
0: It was funny though. <laughs> it was funny. And I mean, yeah, these was. people
2: in Formula 1 are a lot smarter than us and even they're going, What? how do we, yeah. what do you mean? What? what, he's in pole? How did that work? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just... And the other thing as well, it might have sounded good in paper, but it just didn't seem to translate to watching it.
0: No, because if you remember, the, the 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 teams are used to having time after they cross the, the line... Um, even if the, I, need that. I don't think like the had. Is that
2: the problem? Was it? And, and that's yeah, because they were
0: used to having some time. They, they actually don't have time. So the lap's finished. So they're all kind of aiming to get out before that fifteen-minute countdown started. Uh, uh, and then they all got out just before it. And then they realised actually the fifteen minutes. Once the fifteen minutes has rolled over, even no matter where you are on, are on track, you're out of qualifying. And they were like, "Hang on, this is not what we used to. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is wrong. No, this is not right." <laughs> so yeah, everyone completely did the maths completely wrong. Um but yeah, so thank you very much for your question. That was the second part of Zach Murphy's question. Um Sponge, have you got a question you want to touch on?
1: Okay. Um what about the question from Jerry Hamilton? He says we're going to have twenty two races in twenty twenty. Where car updates would have a strong impact in order to hold all the races. My question is, can we expect a possible four-engine updates, or are they going to keep it with three?
0: No, with three. Good question. Good question. Uh, from a, a budget perspective, um, they're going to try and push for three. I'm 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 pretty sure. Um, mm. But from a spectator perspective and a team perspective, their teams are going to push for four absolutely Um, because they're just not going to be able to push on any races uh, with just having three engines Um, looking at the tally of of the the parts of the engine that they've got left for the remainder of this season isn't looking too promising for for some teams Um, so I can't imagine with an extra couple of races on the calendar that it's going to look any better next year Um, so I, 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 I I personally want four engines but
2: you know, I don't. I think they're kind of stuck with three. I think the way that the agreement's work in. unless I yeah. think the teams can, I think all teams have to agree to it, and I, I don't think that you're ever going to get that. Uh, mm. I think what will happen is for next year is all these grid penalties that usually come in at the second part of the season are probably going to come in before the you know before the summer break, uh, yeah. because the two extra tracks are coming in round about April and. June, I think. So the two new mm. tracks, the Dutch Grand Prix and Hanoi and Vietnam, yeah. they're all within, you're, they're basically all going to be done by June. So it's a very cramped first part of the season.
0: Mm. Uh, it's going to so, be fun for us.
2: Oh yeah, there's seven <laughs> back-to-backs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seven back-to-backs, it, the, it starts on the 15th of March and finishes the last weekend in November with seven back-to-back races. Uh, nice. The only biggest cha- the biggest change is there's no Germany, and Baku is moved from April to June, I think.
0: And if Britain's been, been moved probably. as well to avoid the Wimbledon final, um. and and any uh, Euro 2020 football finals or whatever because that's usually around then as well. I think so they've they've moved it because they want spectators. Anything to add on that, Sponge? about about the engines no okay well i think
1: so i think it's spot on
0: thank you very much for your question jerry hamilton um we'll go to Peter backer now um what about returning to ground effect so no more drs needed and much more overtaking opportunities and removal of the front spoiler so less first corner incidents and less carbon on the track so there's two parts of that question uh ground effect are you happy that they're going to be going to that because they it's it has been agreed that At least that's what they're trying to get through the regulations
2: yeah I think from what I've heard from what I've seen what we've all seen in that video uh, Mm. it's we are going to go back down to a it's going to be a bit more simplified looking formula one car at least on the face of it anyway it looks sexy there doesn't it
0: It does look it was a sexy looking car it It was was very nice Uh,
2: and I, I mean did you notice how nice the halo looked in that model yeah, Halo, yeah, it's been incorporated really well into that. So, mm. yeah, it's better. Anything that's going to cause more natural racing uh, and gets rid of that uh, DRS that Sponge is not a fan of. Mm. Uh, None of uh, us really. <laughs> yeah, it, it's there. It, it does the job. You know, okay, what to do. But you know, it's it's one of those ones where you know you you know we're not going to miss it as long as what gets put in front Yeah. And the second part of the question then? Yeah, they won't the, remove the, the, front, the, front, the front wing.
0: I, I I, personally like the look of, a, of the front wing. Uh, I'm from, uh, well, I, I'm 34, so ever since I've been watching Formula 1, they've always had a front wing, so I think it would look weird without it, personally. Um, so aesthetically, for me, I like the look of a front wing. Um, I've seen cars without the front wing, and uh, the, the is it the Formula Ford, um, and not really 100% into the 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 shape for Formula One. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fair enough for Formula Ford or whatever it is, um, but Formula One, I believe, needs a front wing. But I do agree, uh, it would cut the carbon, uh, you know, carbon fiber elements that could be scattered over the track. You know, of course, taking that off would would mean less less decorating the track with carbon fibre.
2: If you think about it, how many times this season have we seen a front wing being knocked off? There's 20 cars. You know, you get more carbon fibre from side impact. I mean, look at the amount of carbon fibre that came off Räikkönen's car from getting hit by the floor and the barge boards and all sorts of other Mm. things. I think drivers are a lot better at understanding where the front wing is nowadays than they used to be. Uh, Especially when you don't have Maldonado driving the car.
0: Oh, uh,
2: Grosjean. <laughs> yep uh, so the front wing the front wing that's in the video is not the front wing I think Formula 1 announced like more or less that's fine but the front wing we're still discussing they're very clear on that That it's just a standard what mm. what they have made clear is it's going to be simpler there's going to be less areas to work on so there's none of this winglet on top of a winglet on top of
0: another winglet and the wee hole here and all that carry on that they've got just now I think they want it one. They want it to be one piece, don't they? I think that was the uh, yes. that was the objective of, of the of the kind of uh, investigation that they're going to try to do for it, which which is well, fair enough.
2: They need to do something to get the. I think it's the airflow needs to go up above the wheel. If I'm right, I, I think because what they're doing is it goes round the sides of the wheels, which is what causes the disturbance to the air behind the car, which means that the car following can't follow closely because it's turbulent air. So they want it to go either above the wheel, which is why you've got the wee winglets that sit above the tyres at the front front wheel on that model, or down Mm -hmm. under the car, where where they're wanting everything else to go. Uh, So no, I don't think... Yeah, I mean, no no DRS, perfect. The front wing will be what it'll be. I think they'll always have a front wing on the car. I think the cars are too powerful for it not to have a front wing.
0: It adds such... such a large amount of downforce um, and grip that, yeah, it's going to be impossible to... Well, not impossible, but unlikely to be taken off um, the cars. What's your opinion on the uh, front wing, Sponge?
1: I think it's about time Coop's touched on it earlier, and we've we've said it, or I've certainly said it in podcasts before, Mm. it's it's time for the FIA to tell the teams what they are going to do rather than Mm -hmm. putting it to the teams what they want to do. And personally, I think the simpler the front wing, in fact, it's not just a front wing. The simpler the whole car is, the better. It all goes back to the 90s. And I make no you know, excuses for the fact that the 90s was my favourite, or the early 90s mm. uh, was my favourite era in Formula 1. It was all simple. Everybody could follow each other. Nobody yep. had a problem. It was slower, but the racing was so much better. Mm. This is this is the 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 acid test. Do you hear anybody that used to watch Formula One in the early nineties? You know when you had grids, you know comprising Senna, Mansell, Prost, um, Hill, mm. Schumacher. Did you hear anybody saying that the cars were too slow?
0: No, no.
1: I did not hear that once. You know what I mean? Uh, the cars followed each other around. You know you got Monaco in nineteen ninety one. Mm. Was it ninety two? Or if, if it might even have been 93 you know Manson and Senna nose to tail the whole way round for 10 laps yeah it's no longer a question of what do the teams want to do it's a, it's a question of you've got a you've got a half size car there that the FIA have obviously put millions of pounds into get it done That that's your rule go and race that car
2: yep This it's as a, simple this as a, that yeah this is your rule book
1: work it out yeah exactly do it yeah Go and do that rule book. We've already we've already closed the loopholes. You, you've got that to working. Go and do your worst. Go and make your car look as beautiful as you can.
2: Yep, but these are the parts you're allowed to develop. You can't put this here. I think it's. I mean, if you look at the Formula One cars now, I mean, look how complicated the bad boards are. With the wee clips here and a wee bit here and a wee bit there and another bit sticking out here and you know. I think yeah. me and Teller were talking a wee while back. There was like. We were watching a, an old clip of a Formula One race. I think it was uh, Hockenheim, if I remember right. And one of the first things I said was, "Look how simple the cars are." Yeah. It was yeah. just it was just a car with the wings at the front and the back. It was an engine, and it was just gone with it. Then you look at you look at the wings from was it 2008 where you had the the front wing that went underneath and a bit that went over the top and then you had all these yeah. other wee bit you mm-hmm. know one yeah. of the, one of the funniest things that was a bit of an eye opener about the whole new regulations was that all the teams were arguing about like we, oh, if you do this what's the point we can't develop the car and we can't do xy and z so what the mm-hmm. FIA done was they got all ten cars and they blacked out all the sponsorship and the, and the delivery. And mm-hmm. see the people that worked in Formula 1, the maximum that they could... The, I think on average, they managed to get 3 right out of 10. What it So what that tells you is that the cars aren't that different from each other, even though mm-hmm. they've got all this space to put things everywhere, because everybody is thinking the same. They're all the same yeah. type of engineer. So this whole idea of if you stop us from developing what's the point and it'll be thingy, it'll be spec It technically already is a spec because if you're thinking it, the other teams probably thought it. And if you think it first, the first time you hit the track, that's found.
0: Everyone's going to copy it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, the there, there's too much power given to the teams in Formula One. And as I said before we started recording and the sponge just touched on, Ross Braun should walk in Slap the big book on the table. There's your rule book. It starts in two years. Have a good one. Uh, it's the first time that Formula One has, an- has somebody like Ross Braun there dealing with the rules. They've never <laughs> had someone yeah. as successful who knows the rules and knows how to break them. <laughs> He's the yeah. one, I mean, He was the guy who engineered the, f- the Schumacher era. Uh, sometimes yeah. crossed the line. Usually kept himself just about right. He was the guy who figured out the double diffuser system for the Braun yeah. GP. Yeah. He's the best person and, you know, Formula One team should go, Do you know what, Ross? We kind of trust you. We'll deal with it. Mm. If something comes out that's fundamentally wrong, the FIE can go, Right, well, not. they've done it before. You know, look, mate. I, I don't know if you guys remember years ago about those T wings that came out that was sat on oh, top yeah. of the sidepoles. Yeah, yeah. After uh-huh. about four or five races, they went mm, that they're, they're getting hit off stuff and breaking, and it's causing issues. We're banning them. So mm-hmm. if something comes out that, because you know, somebody might figure something out that's just a wee bit different, or they've been, oh shit, we didn't realise that the wording's wrong, change it. You know, it's not going to be perfect. No. These new rules aren't going to come out and be perfect. It might come out that the race is closer, but maybe Haas have stumbled across a across a loophole. The other teams are yeah. gone, but that's not what the rule says. So the FIA can go, well, actually, Haas, that isn't what the rule says. So sort it. So, but well, the thing the yeah.
0: thing is as well about um the rules uh, of of the last you know twenty years is they haven't actually wiped the slate the slate clean and said, this is new rules. Follow the new rules. It, it they've been they've all been evolutions of. They've all been kind of oh well, we'll take out that and we'll put this in its place. We'll take out that and put that yep. in that in its place. So they've so they have changed you know individual rules within the rules, but mm. they've still been in the same kind of skeleton of the previous rules. And um, so what they're doing this time is it, it, they're completely wiping the slate clean and saying, hang on, we need to do it properly. We're going to build and full new set of rules, and that's not taking anything from the previous obviously they'll take ideas and stuff like that but and reword things but they they're going to do every single point in that rule book is going to be brand spanking new for yep. um for for the new season and i think that's that's exactly what what we need and it, it's all sounding yep. promising to be honest with you um i'm i'm looking forward to it but no, well, i think that's probably i think we need to move on again from that but well, thank you very much for your questions uh pia to backer um much appreciated for your contribution to the page uh we've got a couple left now um we've got so crispin
2: had put in any chance of another manufacturer like toyota or Peugeot rejoining in the future The, the quick answer to that is no and the big stumbling block is the complicated nature and expense to develop the power unit. Uh, I think if you, uh, like it was last year, they, were, they, they have invited other manufacturers like Cosworth, Porsche. I think Aston Martin were interested at a time. That's why they're kind of a, t- a title sponsor for Red Bull. Uh, but at the moment, until the power units are simplified, uh, mm. there isn't anything coming in the, the foreseeable. I think what will happen is they'll wait to see how 2021 works out. And how these new rules come in so you won't see anything what like manufacturer probably in the next couple of years uh, mm. and also to touch on manufacturers renault haven't confirmed whether they'll stay in formula one after 2021 uh, so there might be a wee bit of be a shocker for rock
0: on when he can't when they can't fulfill his contracts that they've signed him up <laughs> for well actually in saying that there's no
2: con although drivers have been signed for a certain amount of years It'll be a year plus options, because nobody can sign another a contract past 2021 because the contract oh, okay. really runs out at the end of next year. Oh. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be like two years or whatever it is to take you to the end of 2020, but we'll just give you the option for the next two years. Until the power unit becomes simpler, more simplified, then no i don't see another manufacturer rejoining or coming in brand new yeah i agree Uh, it's just too much money to develop and i think the honda experiment with mclaren put a few people off uh, to be honest yeah Yeah. so i don't see anything coming in uh, soon we've got one question left which is would we Yep, what do we think about the Vietnam Grand Prix track or the Hanoi track? Uh, do you think it'll, how do you think it'll pan out in the long run? Uh, uh, what's the pros and cons? I'm going to
1: reserve track? comment on that one until we've raced there. I'm, I've got my reservations, but we'll give it a chance. Yeah,
2: I think long term, I don't see it becoming a classic at all. Uh, uh, it's one of those ones where they've never really had a race there, so it's kind of like, let's go there, let's see if, it, if it's like. It'll end up, it might end up like your Indian Grand Prix it was there for a few years and then faded off into the distance. Uh,
1: yeah, but I don't. I think the layout of the track is. It looks like it's going to be a quick track. Well, it's, a, it's a lot of long straight. For... But yeah, exactly. So it'll be a quick track, but for what? That's you know, that's the the whole thing is. What is what is it actually going to bring to the table? Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. What do you think, Taylor? What do you think about the new Vietnam?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree, kind of what what you're saying. Uh, I'll reserve judgment until it happens. Uh, it looks very standard Tilka uh, kind of designs to me. Um, obviously, beautiful mm. buildings. Uh, it looks nice on, on on the picture, but when you kind of break it down, corner to corner, it's it's very similar to kind of what you see um all the rest of his designed tracts so uh, some of them are good and i'm not going to say he's a bad designer he's you know he, i'm not one of these complete til- tilka haters um i just do think that there's definitely a formula that he sticks to um and maybe we should give other people, a chance now, and, and kind of see if there are any other people out there that can kind of make some different exciting races. Um, and there's, I'm sure there are plenty of designers out there, you know, just chomping at the bit, uh, wanting to have a go. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it's just time for somebody else um, to have a go. But, yeah, you know, as I say, I'll reserve judgment, it could be an absolutely fantastic race, and I'll be standing here eating my hat uh, if it is. And I, I, I hope that it is, of course. Um, in in the long run mm-hmm. but those are all of our questions for today's podcast thank you very much for joining our podcast today uh hopefully we've touched on all of the questions there and answered them to your uh, satisfaction um, on behalf of myself coops and sponge i'd like to say thank you very much for listening um, and we will see you again next time thank you very much oh bye, bye.